0: Thank you.
1: To Four Spikes. As always, I'm your host, Jonathan, along with my co host, Greg. And today we have our usual slew of guest co hosts. We got Judge Jared and uh, Russ Lilly. Uh, we also have two extra special guests with us today. We have Ryan Franner, and hey. we have uh, the very well known, uh, infamous, and famous Gerard Frambiano, or G Fabs of Pro Tour fame, and also uh, Grand Prix. He uh, did pretty well at some Grand Prix. I'm just looking up your history right now. Uh, Nationals. Uh, you have quite a resume. Thanks for coming on the show, GFabs. Anything you want to give a shout-out to before we get started?
2: No, just thank you for having me. So this seems like it would be a pretty fun podcast, and I'm looking forward to it. Sweet. So Yeah.
1: Definitely. Well, let's get right into it. We want to start off by thanking MTG Cast and Channel Fireball for hosting us. Also, uh, we want to uh, start off by just talking about a new website that Gerard has going up before start on the magic stuff. Uh, and what's your new website called, uh, Gerard?
2: Well, the new website is called 3 com. It's the number three things to know. And it's basically just a website where you could go there and just find out all this hidden information about pretty much anything in the world. So if you want to learn about what kind of technology there is when you go to Chipotle or Wendy's or what you should do when you're trying to pick up a girl or go on a class. You just go to this website. It's funny. It's useful information. It's really creative. So it's 3things to know.com. And I know one of you guys wrote in a 3 things to know about how to deal with local politicians. Yep. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much it, it could just be anything. Uh, 3 things to know about wallet safety. You know, for the longest time, I would carry around two wallets just in case somebody would mug me and they'd be like, Hey, give me your wallet. And I was just giving my fake wallet with you know one or two dollars in it, and I would keep my real wallet. That's so it's just like any knowledge that I learned that I want to share with every with everybody. And uh, we're doing a lot of writing, so people will, will write in stuff that that they learned, and I'll put it on the website, and hopefully the uh, the website can grow a
1: lot. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the website is is great. It's uh, absolutely hilarious and super practical. Greg, did you have any questions you want to start off by asking Chiefabs?
3: Um, I'm just gonna yeah, I mean quickly. I've got I've got I've got kind of a, a slew of questions about um last weekend um at uh SCG Edison um, you and Benny Beatdowns played a um a black iteration of the um blue white uh deck or cargo deck. Um, I took a liking to it pretty early on and I'm kinda curious like Whole backstory on that for some people that didn't watch the um, SCG coverage between rounds, the stuff that was live that didn't get into the um, the um, the recorded piece. Um, if you can kind of speak to that, Gerard, and kind of just give us like what was the inspiration for the DAC, and then. Um, you know that kind of thing. Some of the, some of, the, maybe some of the pieces that the people didn't get by just uh, watching the recorded um, SCG stuff and the deck tech.
2: Okay, yeah, pretty much. Um, at Pro Tour Paris, I was like, I'm not really too sure. What I was going to play, and it, it pretty much started in Paris. But uh, when the the uh, Sword of Time came out, so I was thinking that that card is really good, and still Forged mystic would become a lot better. So I independently designed the cargo deck uh, i know channel fireball guys also designed it and there were probably a few other players out there at paris and even at home who didn't play in paris who made up the cargo deck with you know the uh, squadron hawks and the stoneforge mystic and the swords and uh i did okay i ended up missing day two i went four and four um then for the star city games tournament in dc i figured to beat the mirror match you want to play red and Benny Pete Downs came up with the idea to play Cunning, Spark, Mage, and Lightning Bolt. Uh, and at the last minute, I pretty much switched to some some red, blue, green deck. And Jerry Thompson ended up playing the cargo deck with red, and he did really well. So with all the Star City events going on, the metagame switches week from week. Yeah. And I figured the black would do really well against the cargo deck with red and the cargo deck in general, like just the blue-white version. So it's pretty much just trying to be like one step ahead of the metagame. So black came to be about because how the meta game was looking, pretty much.
0: What's your reasoning for that, Gerard? Why does why does the black give you an edge over the the red ca- cargo deck? Well, I know, I mean, obviously, the, the like not to cut you off there, sorry, um, sure. but uh, obviously the the Inquisition is incredibly strong against other cargo in general to get the sword out of hand um, or to you know take care of uh, the the mystic at first. But what what particularly gives the black an edge over
2: red? Well, like you said, it is the discard spells It's just really good, um, and the spot removal is really key as well because lots of times Day of Judgment is just too slow, and Lightning Bolt kind of does what the black removal wants to do, but Bolt could only deal with certain creatures. Where Go for the Throat or Doom Blade could just like hit like a bigger creature, like a Sun Titan or an already equipped guy with a Sword and Body of Mind on it. Um, because, for example, say Sword of Body and Mine is on the Stoneforge Mystic, it's now a 3-4, so you can't even bolt it. But you could go for the throw it. So the black kind of just gives more options. Gotcha. Yeah. So hopefully that makes sense there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts now on the metagame after the event?
2: Uh, I think, so this week Jerry played the uh, combo deck with black, and he made top eight with it. But I think for the the next week, the thing is that Squadron Hawk is like not really that good anymore as as a card. My friend uh, Josh Ravis he, uh, he was saying the same thing. Just because everyone's playing Squadron Hawks and everyone's trying to beat Squadron Hawks deck now, so I think the best thing to do is to make a new deck, kind of away from the Squadron Hawk package. And I, I like I think Type Two has enough powerful cards where you could just play any powerful cards in a certain deck you want. And if you if you design it correctly, the deck would be pretty good.
1: Yeah, it seems like creatures right now are insanely good, especially with the equipment and with the ability to search them up so easily. Uh, creatures are, you know, and, and creature uh, heavy decks are really what's up right now. What's a good way to kind of break that mold? What should we be looking for for the next deck? You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, for the next deck, I, I mean, the thing is that as long as Jace is around, you still want to play Jace. You want to play card advantage cards and you want to play cards where you're not going to get mana screwed, like Preordain, for example. Um, so, I mean, I would personally start with a Preordain Jace deck, um, and then you could go, like, a few different routes. You could maybe... uh There used to be this, like, blue-green mana ramp deck that was pretty good, mm-hmm. uh, and then all of a sudden just died out. So, a deck like that could come back. Uh, and, I mean, Planeswalkers, in my opinion, are the most powerful type of cards. So, maybe you could try something like like that blue-green deck because you have Garrick and Jace. And if you could play a Jace or a Garrick on turn three, like you're already a step of the uh, the like the curve. So I would probably maybe work on like a blue-green deck or maybe a blue-green-white deck or blue-green-black deck. Something something with like Mana Ramp and Planeswalkers I think would, would be pretty good. So maybe like a Bant deck might be good.
3: Um, and, quick question about... Uh, Oh, sorry. you're yeah, I was
1: just going to say, and one of the issues I've had with that is I've been... I agree, I run Jace in every deck I can. I love, you know, I usually run, like, seven copies of Jace. It seems like the it's it's gotten much harder now with the sword because you can't bounce the the creature now, which I've found, like, if they can get a turn two Stoneforge Mystic, turn three Uncounterable Artifact, you know, and then equip, it's, like, uh, it's it's pretty hard. Especially if it's going to be a blue-green deck.
2: Yeah, I mean maybe blue-green's not the best. Maybe maybe like a... maybe like a blue, uh, Actually, maybe like a Grixis deck could be good. Like, you won't have Mana Ramp and Grixis, really, unless you play some of the uh, like the new artifact Mana Ramper. Um, but maybe like some Tezzeret deck could come back, because Pat Chapin did well with Tezzeret and Pertor Paris, and then after Paris, it just, like, stopped. No, Like, pretty much nobody was playing Tezzeret, and no one did well with Tezzeret since Pertor Paris. Mm-hmm. So I could see... A maybe like a Grixis deck doing well because you get to play Jace and Preordain in this still. So
3: the question I had was you yeah. you you right off said uh, starting with Jace and Preordain. So Preordain yeah. is a card that most people have an opinion on. A lot of people really like, but the people that don't really like it actually just hate it. What, where do you come down on that card? Why do you think that card is um, a must-have to start um, blue decks?
2: Well, if you think about it, Back at Nationals this year, I was pretty much the first person to do well at a major tournament with Preordain because I played four Preordains in my blue-white control deck. I actually played it over uh, over Wall of Omens, and at the time, Wall of Omens was, like, the card you wanted to play because there was—I think there was, like, Bloodbraid Elf still in the format. Um, I'm pretty sure there was Bloodbraid Elf. Last last year, yep. Yeah, yeah. So I played Preordain, and then Chapin wrote an article about how I played Preordain and how he thought Preordain was really good. And ever since then, a lot of people just joined the Preordain Wagon. And, I mean, I think Preordain is just a great card. It's just a one-mana card. It allows you to, like, personally, I never mulligan. Um, I I actually kept the seven-land hand in Grand Prix Paris.
1: <laughs> and
2: in game two, I kept the six-land hand with an eight-drop. And I won both games. And um, I was actually listening to the uh, Charlie Sheehan uh, <laughs> he, he, has, he has a song now. It's like, you know, like those auto two guys made, made a song from his interviews. And one of his lines was, uh, I was banging seven gram rocks. That's how I roll. I have one gear go. And the start of my article this week for Star City that I'm submitting probably in the next hour, it starts off and it says, I was keeping seven land hands. That's how I roll. I have yeah. one gear pro. That's so
1: awesome.
2: That's good. Yeah. So with with uh, I mean, it's just good in never mulligan and, and Preordain allows you to keep these hands that you know normally you couldn't keep if it was any other card like a one land or wall of woman's hand like you still have the mulligan but a one land Preordain hand you don't have to mulligan so that's pretty much the main reason why I started playing with Preordain.
3: Interesting. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that is that, that is interesting.
2: I was keeping seven land hands. That's how I roll. I put the <laughs> music back there, and got a hit. Yeah, well, you
1: should send that to Charlie Sheen. We got to get him playing magic.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm always like because, because out of everybody who plays magic, I think Williams, Dave Williams, is like the biggest celebrity. And I actually had him put three things to know on his Twitter account, and he's like, "Hey, everyone, check out three to know dot because he has like fourteen thousand followers. But the problem was, was that he put it up. And then, like a second later, I was like, "Yo, Williams, what's going on? Want to get dinner?" And then, like a bunch <laughs> of other people commented on his Twitter, and my post got moved all the way down because that's how Twitter works.
0: You should hit up uh, Will Wheaton too, because I know he uh, maybe not currently, but used to play. Who is this? Will Wheaton, the Trauma. guy who played uh, he played Wesley Crusher in Star Trek: The Next Generation. He's a big uh, movie star, game. Stand geek. by me.
1: Yep.
2: He was the little kid in Stand by Me. Okay, yeah, I, I actually never saw like the Star Wars or Star Trek movies. And lots of times people are like, oh, you, you, you never know, saw you know, Star Wars? Yeah, no. And people are like, yo, you play Magic? Like, how oh can you, you know? And I'm oh, like, Magic has nothing it. to do with Star Wars. But I guess, uh, yeah, yeah, I never saw
0: those. Uh, he, he's really well known in the uh, the gamer community for, uh, he, he he does a lot of stuff with uh, D&D right now. Um, but he he also played Magic in the past. He's written a couple articles on it.
1: Okay, it's cool. It's also on the Big
4: Bang Theory.
0: Yeah. also on the Big Bang Theory, play, playing a, a game very similar,
2: <laughs> yeah. com-
0: comparable to Magic.
2: I know uh, I know that guy, Jared, from Subway, who, like, lost a lot of weight. He uh, He's a big gamer, too. Oh, really? Wow, well, yeah, I, did, I didn't know that. Yeah, and uh, he was actually at uh, – he goes to, like, Gen Con every year. So I was at Gen Con one year. Like, I was actually working for this company, this, like, game design company. And, uh, yeah, he was just randomly at uh, – Whatever fast food place is really unhealthy for you because that was, like, the joke. He was, like, there instead of at Subway. Um, <laughs> That's oh, yeah, funny. Yeah, I, I think it was, like, steak in shape. <laughs> nice. Yeah, getting a giant steak and stuff. So. How was he looking? Uh, I think he was average weight. Like, he like he wasn't as skinny or as fat. It was actually my friend who took the picture, and then he came back and, and like, showed people. So, uh, yeah, I think he was, like, like, about average, but I think he gained some of the weight back.
1: So he so it's probably it's probably still like below average for Gen Con though. Know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, or Wisconsin. Yeah. That too. <laughs> that one Simpsons episode when uh Springfield is named the fattest city in America and Homer looks at the camera and says, Take that, Milwaukee. <laughs>
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. So cool, man! I also wanted while we got you on, I wanted to pick your brain about extended, right? Quick, and what your thoughts are on the current status of extended.
2: Yeah, like the thing is, is that I'll mostly I'll just play online. Like I'm, recently I've recently been playing a lot of moto, and I have just been drafting and stuff, just because I usually lose overall because Moto's pretty tough, and uh, I have to like sell all my cards, so I don't have a constructed deck. But um, there's one guy from Mexico. I think his name is, like, Gabriel Esposina or something. He uh, he sent me a message, and he sent me this, this like, combo deck. It plays 12 lands, and it's a Tezzeret-based artifact deck. And the combo eventually is Thopter Foundry and Time Sieve. So you play the—I the, the I, I think it's called Thopter Foundry. It's a, the it's a six-mana five-five. Yeah. Five, five, five. yeah. <laughs> yeah it enables the combo. Yeah, exactly. exactly, because you get five tokens. You stack those five tokens— take an extra turn, you play this thing, and you can just keep doing it and you take infinite turns and you win. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then it plays, like, Everflowing Chalice, Sphere of the Suns, uh, Tumble Magnet. Then it plays, like, Proliferate cards. So eventually you keep proliferating and you get a lot of mana with uh, Everflowing Chalice, so you can just keep doing the combo over and over again. So, I mean, that deck looks pretty cool. Uh, But normally I like to play, you know, like, rock-type decks. Like, I'm not really a fan of combo decks, so I would rather play, like, a rock or, like, a blue deck. Um, for extended I think Band's pretty good I know a lot of people have been like following Flores because Flores have been doing some videos on Bant um, so I think Bant's like another good option to play what are some of the other big tournaments that you're going to be heading uh, over to well I'll, there's a decent chance I'll go to Grand Prix Dallas I'll go to all the Star City events that are like pretty close I don't know if I'm going to go to Pro Tour Japan because like you know what just happened in Japan and stuff um, yeah. yeah, and I don't know if they're going to cancel the Pro Tour. There was actually some talk about them moving the Pro Tour, so I'm just not too sure. So I guess I'll wait and hear, because I know there's a Grand Prix next weekend in Japan, and I think they, they're going to cancel that. Um, so, so, yeah, I just don't really know what's going on with the with Japan. If, if, I mean, did you guys hear anything or anything, or no? No, although I know, I'm not sure how
1: close Nagoya is to, how, how closely it was affected. I know it's a very populous city, but I haven't heard anything about that. The only yeah. magic news I heard was <laughs> the PTQ in Wisconsin getting uh, possibly moved because, or messed with because of the protests going on in Madison, but it's a little less severe than what unfortunately took place in Japan.
2: Yeah, wh- uh, what's the, uh, the protest going on for? Uh well,
0: <laughs> collective bargaining essentially yeah, for our, state employees.
2: It's
1: kind of a long, longer discussion. We have time for, but okay, sure, a, sure. I just, our, uh, a fundamental redefinition of the um, political makeup of partisan politics in America, um, and the battlegrounds are Wisconsin. It's like kind of the the testing ground for it. Uh, there's a nationwide strategy going on, but it's a it's a longer. So it's, it's actually, it's actually kind
3: of it's actually kind of a big deal. Yeah, um, it's
1: huge and it's why we haven't uh why, why our podcast has been a little less frequent than it normally would be uh, cuz we're kind of Greg and I are in the heart of that stuff in Wisconsin here so it's there's kind of fun, but yeah. anyway yeah that's a good point i don't know i wonder if i wonder what they will do for uh for Nagoya for that that's um that's pretty crazy it seems like there's one of those doesn't it seem like those natural disasters are coming ever so frequently now or maybe we didn't hear about it as much before or something but seems like some of those huge, like, you know, Hurricane Katrina's and those just really big tsunamis are coming so regularly now, doesn't it? I don't know. I, I mean, mean, that's what yeah. it seems like to me. I don't remember when I was younger hearing, hearing about this stuff as much.
2: Yeah, I think because when you're younger, like, you don't really watch the news. And I think overall the news is just really, I mean, I don't want to say bad, but it's always, like, bad news on, you know, they never have any good news on. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, That's why you have to go to three to know dot com. Yeah, exactly. You know, because originally I had this idea. I was like, "Yo, I'm going to make like good dot com and have like a news station that only has good news." But they have like a website for it already, goodnews.com. dot com. But I don't know how popular it is because I like. I mean, have you guys heard of it before? Now,
1: yeah, I I did check it out because I had the same thought like a couple years ago too. Yeah, um, but it looked kind of corny, and I didn't, I didn't like this, the the design of the website actually. But sure. it was a cool idea.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And and I mean for Three Things it's like obviously it's not amazing news, but it's just like anything like if I could like write something or tell somebody a piece of advice that's gonna make them laugh and actually help them, then I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do it, you know? Absolutely. And three things mm-hmm. is
1: definitely hilarious. And uh it's it's just such a great website. It's so clever.
2: Yeah, thanks. Yeah, and actually on Tuesday I'm meeting up with uh my one friend Paige Williams, she's, uh, she used to edit this one site, Blush. I think it's like blush.com. It's like some really big women's website. She was like the head editor. Um, and, uh, she's gonna help me redesign the site. So the, the format and the layout's gonna change and we're gonna add more pages and we're gonna have a lot more content going up like every day now. So. Sweet. Yeah.
1: Is there is there gonna is there is this strictly a non magic site, or is there ever gonna be like a magic article where you go on Star City and have a whole article of three things in magic? You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Well, actually, Ben Lundquist said he was gonna write. Uh, he, he's like writing his article too about a, a cargo deck, and he kind of formatted it in like a three things to know format, like three things to know about sideboarding, three things to know about this matchup and stuff, um, just to you know help me out and put a plug in there for me. But um, oh, that's you know, awesome. For, yeah, yeah. I mean, there might be like a magic page. Uh, I'm thinking about doing some other pages as well. Uh, so hopefully within like a month, I'll get a lot more content up and, you know, just pretty much like what I could ask all the people who go to the site is just to like it on Facebook, I added a like button and keep submitting their own three things. I mean, sometimes I get these three things, submissions that are just like really bad. Um, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's just like too bad to put up. But sometimes they're funny and I mean, some of them are just really good, and I put them up. Like what? somebody wrote something about how to win at the crane game, and <laughs> I read it, and I just like like I, I lolled in, in you know in the middle of my class or whatever. I was Like, wow, this is really funny. What so do you? I mean,
1: what do you? I, I read that crane one, and that is hilarious. Yeah, it is funny. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's, it's just you, like, and, and I mean, it's true. So, so it's good.
1: Yeah. What do you mean by too bad? You mean as far as like, like, like the, the, the the like the topics they're writing about are like.
2: Yeah, like like the, this one kid. He he submitted in. He's like three things to know about bringing a fat person to Europe. One. <laughs> four, two, one. Hmm. Number two, walk really fast so they'll feel that they're fat and they have to walk faster. <laughs> and three. When going to to eat somewhere, ask them because obviously they're better at eating than you. Or, or It's just like some some absurd thing. So obviously I can't put it up because I don't want to like hurt anybody and I want to give them valuable information. But, it, I mean, it was kind of funny, you know, <laughs> but yeah, in a mean way. So yeah, that's pro- mean funny. That's, yeah, exactly. This
1: show is, I mean, this site is definitely like not geared towards that. It's like much, uh, it's it's a it's a positive site, like you said, but it's also just like freaking hilarious. I, uh it's, and it's it's those things. It's the type of, like, humor that's funny because it's true. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, I, I actually showed this site to some people, and they're like, y'all, I actually, you know, put a pencil behind my ear at work to try to look important because I think a lot of people think this type of stuff, but they don't actually say it or they don't think that other people think it. But I think a lot of people think similar stuff most of the time, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's also just something where uh, – it's yeah, it's like such practical stuff, but no one's ever done it before. It's one of those things. It's I mean, when I saw it, I was like, wow, this could really take off. Because, oh, looks like we lost Greg.
2: Oh, Greg, where'd you go, man?
1: <laughs> He's checking out the website. Yeah, he found his. <laughs> he, he saw that crane uh, one and, and got lost. Again. Dude, I gotta read that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we gotta get Greg back on. But I was also gonna say, Ryan, are you also working on that website with with uh, with Chief sir?
2: Oh, actually, Ryan is upstairs and I'm downstairs because. Oh, okay. uh, is yeah. he doing that with you? Uh, um, well, what was your question? Is is he doing the website with you? No, I, actually, when I started the website, when I had the idea, I asked like a few a few magic players. I asked Ryan, I asked Dan Jordan, and I was like, "Yo, I think it's pretty good." And they was like, "Yeah, whatever." And uh, actually, there's one kid, uh, Ben SW. Uh, he, he was like, yo, yeah, I'll help you out. I'll be the intern. So he's uh, he's helping me out with a few stuff. But pretty much I'm the only one working on it out of all the Magic guys. I mean, some uh, some of my Magic friends are giving me ideas and stuff, which is pretty cool. But, yeah, I'm the only one uh, working on it right now.
1: Okay, so I'm I'm going to try to see how we can add Greg back into this call. He got his thing going out right quick. Let's see. Uh Okay. You know what? Uh, Let's see if this works. If not, let's just take a quick break and redo the phone call.
2: Okay. Yeah, the the break would be good because I have to run to the bathroom really quick. Okay. So Uh,
1: we'll we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back in a few minutes.
2: Standard is pretty good. The only problem with standard sometimes is that the cards are kind of too powerful to like. Like for example, in Legacy, it doesn't matter how powerful the cards are. There's a card like Hemtatorok that could just wreck any deck. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. But totally. for yeah, but for type two, it's like you know if you have down a guy and then you play a Jace and you brainstorm with Jace, there isn't like I don't. It's I don't, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know where I'm going with this, but I feel no, like, no,
1: I totally know what you mean. It's it's uh, there's not that. Yeah, I mean, Hymn to Tark is totally format defining. There's a couple other cards like that that can completely uh, balance things out. But um, yeah, it's it's a it's it's a very competitive format right now. It's very healthy.
2: It's yeah, healthy. but yeah, I think what, I'm, what what I'm getting at though is that Legacy has more play to it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much more strategy in Legacy or extended than there is in Type 2. I think Type 2 is kind of more just, like, straightforward. Like, I have four lands. The only card he could have to stop it is Metalink. So I'll play my Jace. But in Legacy, it's like, dude, there's so many cards, I don't know what he could have. Like, should I play it, should I not play it? You know what I'm saying?
1: Gotcha. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, personally, I like Legacy a lot more than I like Type 2. But uh, I think maybe because I'm, like, an old-school type player, kind of.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, When did you start playing?
2: I started on the—my first year on the Pro Tour— was 2001. So actually this year is the first year I could be eligible for the Hall of Fame. Oh, uh, sweet. And yeah. how many
1: uh, points are you at?
2: Uh, right now I have 218 pro points, uh, like, like like lifetime pro points. I'm at 218, which is – I think I'm like 15th in the United States or overall North America, and I think I'm like 30-something in the world, which is pretty cool because there's like 20-something people in the Hall of Fame already. So I'm like – you know, not too far away from those guys pro point wise.
1: Well, wow. that's awesome. And uh as far as that's concerned, let me ask you this, how much do you think that all the extracurricular activities people get involved with plays into their Hall of Fame eligibility or likeliness that not eligibility but you know likeliness that people are actually gonna get behind them, you know what I mean? Like for example, uh Chapin has really um you know, kind of stepped it up a notch, and he he's very active in the community. He writes all the time, um, and he's also just a great ambassador for the game. But as far as his record is concerned, there are others who are eligible who may ha- have more points, have a better record, but that kind of, in- not intangible, but kind of like the, well, what what good outside, what, you know, made a good has he done for the game? Do you feel like that plays a, a pretty significant role into the choice?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it does overall because there's so many people this year that has a good chance to make it and i think deserves it i think uh mark Herbelholtz, he's one of the players that you know he, i think he has like four four pro tour top 8s and a pro tour win uh ben stark recently has just been done uh, amazingly well he uh you know because he, he did well back in like 2003 2004 and he came back and he won a pro tour so that's just like pretty insane uh pat chapin's another one who has been around for for a long time took a break from the game, came back, made the finals of Worlds, made top eight at this Pro Tour. Uh, so there's just so, there's so many players. And there's also players that, you know, like you were saying, that kind of go unnoticed. Uh, there's one a Japanese player, uh, Ishiyoshi is Akita. He's the guy who came second at Pro Tour uh, Austin in 2009. He lost to Kibler in the finals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that guy has over 300 Pro Points, and he got like, Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Like last year I think was his first year or something. He got like 2% of the votes, like something comical. Like it's just unreal. Um, So I think, I don't know, I think the system they have it now is where you have to get 40% or more. is just too bad because everybody wants these players in the Hall of Fame. And if you're only going to get three people in instead of five, it just, you know, makes it so much more harder to get in. And, you know, people want all these good players to come back and keep playing on the Pro Tour. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Greg, you're going to GP Dallas, right?
3: Yeah, uh, so is Jarrett. Yep. Yeah, okay, we're, so we're what do you guys think that's little... gonna look like? In terms of the metagame?
1: As far as uh yeah, yeah, the metagame and, and what people will be playing. <laughs>
3: um it's actually as far as I'm concerned, I think that that's it's kind of a ways away to, to start breaking down. I mean I'm certainly looking at it. I I um I, f- I, f- I find it funny that uh Gerard uh, referenced a uh, a Tezzeret deck um, and how that it just kind of fell off the map after Paris, um, because I definitely brewed this week a uh, <laughs> a blue black Tezzeret build that uh, I then played at FNM and uh, um, I've kind of been putting out there for quite a handful of um, Milwaukee folk to uh, to check out and, and kind of give me some feedback on it and it's actually a lot of fun. Um, I could go through it, but i mean i don 't really want to do like a little mini deck tech here, but uh, long and short is uh thrown Geth Um is a is a pretty good um, ramp for for Keshet. and it 's uh it 's proved to be pretty uh pretty explosive so uh that's something that 's something i'm i 'm personally working on and then, and right now, because I think there 's enough time between now and dallas i 'm just uh, i 'm trying things like that to see if uh if it is, like, even potentially viable. Um, And, uh, you know, I might might show up to Dallas with something like that, and I might end up just showing up with uh, something that's a lot more uh, predictable depending on what happens in the SCG um, events. Like, as, as Gerard alluded to earlier, I think that the metagame is shifting ridiculously fast. Um, though some of the shifts are are, are kind of subtle, with going from a and you know, just like a, a cargo deck to a claw blade deck to a claw blade that is that has black instead of um, instead of red. These I think decks that are actually
1: called
3: uh, Bla- Black Hawk Down. We can black Hawk one. Down. Yeah, that's, that's good. I hadn't I hadn't heard of that, and I've been I've been just like <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, th- these these decks are actually, I mean. They're kind of s- significant changes to the way that you have to play against the deck. Um, even if the card, if the card, um, the card, a lot of the cards are, are very similar. Um, I mean, if you have to deal with turn a turn one Inquisition, um, in some ways you can't really deal with that, but you, you definitely have have to be aware of the possibility in the format that that that, that can happen um, when you're when you're making mulligan decisions and when you're doing a lot of different things. So. Um, I'm definitely encouraged by standard right now um, because it's changing so fast. It's it's more exciting. It's not as stagnant as as it as it typically has been in the past. Um, leading leading up to standard season, and I think I think Dallas is the first standard event of the season. Does anybody know? Can you correct me on that?
2: No, I think you're right. I think I think that qualifies you for Pro Tour Philadelphia. Correct? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's the first one.
3: So that's, that's exciting to me, um, to be, I, I really like going to events at the beginning of seasons, um, just because it's, it's not as like figured out, it's not as determined, although with standard, unlike, you know, most other formats, it's definitely a format that is being played prior to the season, um, in FNMs and in all these Star City game opens, um. Yeah, I, so in terms of the metagame, I'm not really sure what's going to happen, but I'm definitely excited. I'm definitely excited to go to my. That, this will be my first uh, constructed GP. So, Did you see the price though? For what? For Dallas. But but for what? For flights? Oh
4: no, to play. Like it, it's forty. For a constructed GP,
3: yeah, I mean, the, the same thing happened in Atlanta. Atlanta was their first constructed GP, where they decided to, to say, "Well, we make a lot of money. A lot of you come. Let's make more money." Um, I know. That's Atlanta just
1: completely insane to me that yeah they're they're raising the prices on that. I mean, you know, it's <clears throat> and and that's because of the new um, management, right? Like, that's, I have no that idea the why. For the well. Change. It's up to the TO, um,
4: but to be fair, this is pastimes, so they might be going back to like playmats or something instead of deck boxes. I
3: don't but play, know. Do playmats do play really cost that much more? I mean, I, I, my my impression of playmats was that a they make a lot of bank on them typically when they're like sold, and b that. The only cost is really with creating a small print run or a small run, and then the more that you create, the more efficiencies and the less it will cost per, by a significant amount.
4: Honestly, I have no idea. I just have faith in in pastimes. I think they're pretty good.
1: Yeah, they do. They do run. They do run pretty good tournaments that I've been to. Um, well, I've had on and off records over the year, but they're they're pretty good, and, and I like the work they do. I just think that I just I just feel like there there's so many more people playing. There's so much more. It's so much more competitive now. There's so many more rounds. There's so much more money flowing into it. And now to raise the price, I feel like you know they should really. I hope the playmats and other stuff like they're really giving something back in return because it's like. It's, it's You know, we're still in that recession. It's the Times are still tough, and, you know, it's kind of like you should be rewarding the people for coming to, you know, out to play and coming out to do all this stuff, not charging them more um, unless there's significant return on that. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, personally, I'm I, sorry to interrupt you guys, but I thought that Donnie Nolan had the best Grand Prix at Grand Prix Nashville because I think he charged $40.00 but it was an a limited tournament for $40, which is acceptable because you're getting all these cards for free. Mm-hmm. And he gave away the deck boxes. Yep. And at Grand Prix Atlanta, I actually went up to the tournament organizer, and I said, hey, man, first of all, you're charging $40 for Constructed, which is you know, kind of a lot of money.
1: Ridiculous, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Secondly, you're not giving away any deck boxes. And third, you only gave away 500 playmats, and there's 2,000 people here. And I'm one of the 1,500 people who didn't get a playmat. And Gerard Fabiano was for the people. <laughs> and, you, know,
1: I'm, <laughs> you tell them.
2: You tell you know, them. GF? I told him. I told them. I was like, "This is absurd." One other time, um, just... yeah, I, I remember at Pro Tour, at Pro Tour Hawaii, it was the the one of two thousand and nine. It was the second Pro Tour of Hawaii. I was in line for the draft challenge. Did you guys know what the draft challenge is by any chance? Yep. Or now? Yeah. Yeah. And back then, it was, like, really big. And, I mean, it still is big. And they cast it at 128 people. Yeah. So they were like, show up at 8 o'clock. Make sure you get in line. So we show up early. And we're like, wow. It looked like at least 100 people ahead of us. It was me, Ben Lundquist, and Zach Hall. Uh, so we're like, all right, whatever. Wait in line. See what happens. A judge uh, is coming around. And he starts counting. And he's like, one, two, three, to, like, signify your number. So if you're past 128, you could no longer You know, enter the tournament. Now, Craig Wesco comes up, and he says, hey, guys, what's up? And I'm like, you know, not too much, Wesco. What's going on? And he's like, oh, I'm trying to play in this event, but the line's too long. Would any of you guys be interested in selling your spot in line? I'll pay you guys $40 just for your spot in line. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wow. You
1: got Wesco checked.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, what Wesco did was legal because Wesco was – giving somebody something for their spot in line and it was not affecting anybody behind him it wasn't like he was cutting you know what I'm saying right right it's just yes. uh,
1: it's, it's um, at parity. no one's getting uh,
2: yeah exactly so the guy yeah yeah so so the guy who was 129 would still be 129 and the guy who was 128 would still be 128 um, so I didn't want to do it I, I wanted to play in the tournament so I was like no thanks man but Ben Lufus was like you know what I kind of just want to you know do some money drafts and hang out give me the forty dollars and you can take my spot in line. So, Wesco gave Lunquist the forty dollars, and Lunquist left the line, so no one got hurt. but Wesco was, was with another kid. I'm not going to say the kid's name on uh, on here because I'm not one to to bash people publicly. uh We'll call this guy uh red we'll call him the color red, okay, so okay. the color red so so red shows up, and red's kind of like weaseling his way in like right behind Wesco, and I'm like, yo, red, what's going on?" And he's like, oh, I'm with Wesco. And I'm like, oh, I understand you're with Wesco, but Wesco paid $40 for a spot in line, and somebody got out of line. Yeah, just to play this. And, and And he didn't make any money in the draft challenge, so it just shows Ooh, how much. Ouch. Yeah, wow. Craig, Craig Wesco likes to play Magic. <laughs> <laughs> um, Man,
4: I, I really thought you were going to say, like, he paid for the spot, and then he was 129 <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's really where I thought that was going. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I, yeah I, said, I said, listen up, man. Like, you can't do this. You can't cut a line because there's all these people back here that woke up earlier than you who got in line, who missed breakfast just to try to play in this tournament, and I'm not going to let this happen. Right. And I told him to get out of line or I would have had to lay a smackdown on him. And, <laughs> uh, and, I mean, honestly, this kid was scared. I mean, I'm not I'm – not a, a, I wouldn't say I'm a tough guy or a big guy, but he was scared and he left the line. You already ready to drop a couple people's elbows. Yeah, exactly. and And – you know, I didn't really think too much of it. I, was, I think I was like 125 or whatever, so I got to play. And I was going to check my standings for, for round one or my parents for round one, and some kid taps me on the shoulder. He's like, hey, man, what's up? I was like, nothing. He's like, I don't know who you are, but I was 128, and I heard what you did. So I want to thank you for, for let, you know letting me play in this. And it felt so good that I got to help this guy, and he came up to me and thanked me for it. So
3: Yeah, that's sweet. That's, that's Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It, it was definitely an awesome feeling, and I mean, that's how I felt at Grand Prix Atlanta. Like, you know, you're making a lot of money off this Grand Prix, exactly. and you know, give these 1,500 people something. Give them a a picture, a poster, whatever. It's going to cost you 20 cents to make just to show your appreciation for the people. You know, right,
1: just give just if it was me, I would just say here, sorry you couldn't get this, but here's a ten dollar you know gift certificate to our next event. Right, yeah, dollars like on a next draft or something like that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean that would be a great idea, and they're not losing any money because the guys are going to come back to the next event and, exactly, and play. Yeah. You know, so good, good business thinking you got there, buddy. Well, it
1: just, it just, you know, annoys me so much when there's so many more people coming. And I understand that it's expensive. You have to, you know, set up the logistics. You have to get the space. You have to get the judges. You have to get the product. You have to get, you know, insurance, everything. Like, totally understand. And I, and I am totally on the side of that. That makes a lot of sense. On the other hand, if there's so many more people coming and the prices aren't being adjusted for that, you know what I mean? Like, which I understand there's there's gambling reasons and they can't, you know, for every Grand Prix and everything I, I totally get that side of it too, but I'm just saying like something has to give where, you know, you can't just keep charging more and more when you're actually making that much more profit to begin with. Like you're you're already getting that support from the community to give some love back. And I just think that forty for a standard for a constructed event is just like starting to push push it to a place I don't want to go, you know what I mean? So here's what I hope
3: is happening. Here's what I hope is happening and now I might just be naive and and it, and it, I'm not saying i kn- I know this happening or I have any information other than like just pure like desire. What I hope is happening is that they're they're actually increasing the the price to a c if it has any impact on the amount of people that show up I, um and, I had and a discussion
1: a, with Owen about that, and I think that they're not able to he was. I don't remember exactly the like all the ins and outs of his argument, but he was saying that there's um the there's at least a perception, if not an actual law or statute in uh, the United States or something, where that will like tip it in favor of like gambling, and they can do that for poker, but that that change in the prize structure based on attendance is not. No,
3: no, no. Well, that's what I was getting. To, what I was getting at is the fact that they have to have a preset prize structure. Uh, what I was saying is that if they increase the, the entry fee and then look to see what happens, they can then use the, a new calculation based on the, the, the amount that they have to work with and the amount of people that, that they ex- – has like a minimum that they expect to show up and then use that as a basis for, for a new price structure, which is definitely what has as happened in the past, how they created the price structure because they decided, all right, this is the minimum we expect, and this is our, our profit margin, so this is what our, our, our price structure is going to be. And I just – I hope that what they're saying is that for constructed, um, for events, constructed events, we're going to try this, and hopefully that means that after a couple of, of GPs of, of getting some data to use um, – As a like, all right. Well, this is how many people we expect. So we're going to say that that many minus you know twenty percent is is the 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 minimum baseline we're going to use, and we're going to increase the price drop.
1: Yeah, no, totally. And that would be awesome. Hopefully, that is how it goes. We'll have to see. And if you're a person. You know, one thousand, you know, two hundred and seventy-four, and you get that play, Matt. You can thank Gfabs. Just remember that. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's for the people. Yeah, looking at yeah. that <laughs> But um, no, that yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like Gfabs, you've been playing for a while now, obviously. Um, I, at least you know you've and you've been in the competitive scene for years, so it's like, what what do you think ha, ha, as far as the evolution of tournaments go? As Grand Prixs, now we got the Star City Games, and now Channel Fireball is starting up ones. You know what do you think about that and the evolution of the tournament scene as well as like the prize and cost uh, breakdown?
2: I mean, I think it's good. I actually think it's kind of like a cycle because when I first started playing, there were kind of more tournaments. I would probably go to a tournament almost, uh, I mean, pretty much every week with uh, John Sani, who, who's uh, who's another player who's really good who's been around for a while playing. And uh, then it kind of just stopped. I think Magic kind of hit a point where there was pretty much only Pro Tours and Pro Tour qualifiers. And if there was no qualifiers going on, people didn't really have anything to do. But um, but now, but but I mean, now it's different. Now, like you said, it's Star City, there's TCG player, Channel Fireball, mm-hmm. there's Grand Prix Pro Tours. So I, I mean, I think it's really awesome, and it also gives a lot of people the chance to, if they want, like for example, someone like Nick Spaglione or um, you know, people who who didn't have success on the Grand Prix or Pro Tour level quite yet. They were definitely able to make a name for themselves because of Star City now, which is which is a really awesome thing, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so I mean, I think it's good. Uh, Jared, how do you say that name?
1: Oh,
4: Spagnolo, I think. I don't know. I was just making fun of how he said it.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I'm pr- I'm I'm pretty bad with names in in, in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, I I mean, I think it's good to have these events and stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let me just uh, check. Yeah, we we are gonna wrap up fairly soon sure should we try to and if we don't we can we can just cut it out but do you think we should try to do a quick three things to know about magic just to give the people a feel about what three things to know.com is all about should we try to make one up on the spot
2: sure sure we could do one or, or you guys could do three things to know about this podcast so Ooh. you guys could just you know people could know what's going on <laughs> when is the podcast coming up what sites can they check it out on you know what future guests have you uh, guys are trying to get and stuff. Why don't you guys throw out three things to know?
1: Mm. All right, I'll I put you the challenge. Guys
2: on the How do you guys like that? You know,
1: Yeah, throwing <laughs> it right back. That's the, yeah. that's the boomerang question.
2: Yeah, yeah. So no, so so number one, what website and. Yeah, what website can you guys find uh, this podcast on? Because people want to know. Actually, that's a good question because
1: we're currently hosted on ChannelFireball.com and on MTGcast.com, although uh, we are in works right now to get picked up by another um podcast, I mean another website which is uh Game Universe, which is a local store here in Milwaukee. And um I was talking with the owner the other day and he's gonna start putting us on there, so we'll let you guys know as soon as that hits. So channelfireball.com, mtgcast.com, dot com and soon to be gameuniverse.com dot com as well. So that's pretty cool. We're we're uh we're getting ourselves out there a little bit and it's all because of the listeners, so thank you guys very much because without you we would not be. So thanks.
2: Alright cool. <laughs> Uh, actually, somebody sent the three things to know about about limited magic and it it was pretty funny pretty clever it was uh when when doing a draft always take the card that's worth ten dollars or more even if you can't play it <laughs> number, nice. number two yeah number two was when you're playing limited make sure you always get the same picture of the basic land so just in case you played some card where you revealed your hand and then Played a different land, like played a different planes by a different artist. They could pick up on what's on your, like what's in your hand or what's not in your hand. You know. Hmm. Yeah, and the third one, whatever you do, whatever you do when it comes to magic, especially uh, especially limited, never ever mulligan. So. That's, that's... <laughs> Wait, so who sent this in? Uh, it, it was actually was, it, was, it, was, it was somebody else. So. Sure. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> So that <laughs> gives hilarious. you a feel of uh what you can find on three things but but uh, but pretty much better stuff so that's
3: hilarious. so a second a th- second thing to know about our podcast is yeah. that uh um on a future on a future episode we will have uh um mr limited himself uh Brian kowal from uh, Madison Wisconsin
0: oh that's nice I haven't
1: yeah. talked to kowal in years I know right ever since he moved to Madison yeah. yeah. He comes sometimes to game at Wicons, but he's not around very much. We miss, we miss Koal. Yeah. I think Koal's too big time now. Oh, yeah? <laughs> he is very
0: much too big time. I think it was probably too big time for Wisconsin back when I was uh, playing in the same store he was. Back in VGC, yeah, Nah.
1: Koal, uh, he's, he's never too big time for Stone Age, that's for sure. <laughs> that
0: was actually at uh, Amazing in Pewaukee. Amazing Adventures.
1: Oh, where you guys used to play? Oh, okay. I was thinking. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, that's right. I was thinking BGC.
3: There's a, there's a decent chance that we will have um, um, Martin Jura. But, uh excuse me, Jura. I'm awesome. good at this. I'm 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 just as good as GFabs with names. Next up, we have then, Gideon Jura.
1: Yeah, actually, um, so Martin so R- <laughs> Jura is the, he's the cousin of Gideon
2: Jura. He's a little less than obvious. So, I have a question for you guys. When will this podcast be up? Because I'm excited to hear it.
1: Uh, it should be up within the next three days, depending oh. on if Wisconsin still exists. Which okay. is still out on, because things are kind of <laughs> crazy right now. But, yeah, it should be up uh, fairly soon. I just, uh, after, actually, <laughs> I have to get going very soon to get Diana and uh, get some stuff done. And then uh, she just got back from South Africa, so we're having her South African party and everything. But, uh, got to get all that. So, yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe tonight I'll get a couple hours to work on it, have it up in the next day or two. It should be. Um, And uh, maybe it'll make a guest appearance on 3 com. Who knows?
2: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, awesome.
1: (laughs) Um, But, uh, okay, third thing, we've got Greg typing it up. Who's who's taking that, Jared or Russ?
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Something about spikes? It's spiky. Okay.
0: It's quite spiky.
1: Yep, spike your punch or spike your magic. Uh, We've it all, <laughs> and 4Spikes is good to listen to for uh, people who want to elevate their game, hear something interesting, and uh, have some fun, you know, good, wholesome Midwestern chatter. Um, Greg, what is it? Sorry. I'm, yeah, I'm no, what?
3: you're getting at it. I was just... I was just referencing the fact that uh, uh, at the beginning of the show, we didn't actually intro the show, so uh, we can use near the very end of the show as the third thing to know about the show, what we are, which <laughs> is just, just a uh, magic podcast that uh, um, happens to cater to uh, people who like uh, tournament magic and uh, mm-hmm. spiky things.
2: Absolutely. You guys aren't just a podcast. You guys are the four spike podcasts for the people, correct? That's right. That's right. This is very true. Represent.
1: And uh, it's funny now. Every time <laughs> in, in in my cube, or uh, you know, this came up the last three cubes we did. Uh, whenever someone drafts and uses four spikes, the whole you know the whole area just goes nuts. It may or may not start with me, but there's kind of you know a wave of uh, of accolades going on. Once that one you know you see that island tap, and you know someone uh, you get that for a brief second. The, the the opponent, you know, gets that worried look on their eyes, so they realize what's happened. They didn't leave that one extra man up. They didn't wait that one more turn. And they got force-spiked. That's pretty epic. And that's going to come out, too, because that was awkward. Okay. No,
3: it, it's, <laughs> so... not, it's, it's, it's not. It's just our response was, like, everybody's mute is on. <laughs> not really sure how long you're going to go on the story. <laughs> We're like, great. <laughs> yeah. you got him. It's music I've been there. I've been there for a couple of them, and it's like, oh, what son? <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, pretty uh... much. Force spiked.
1: Yeah, it is such a great card. Did you play when that was around? Did you play that, Chief uh, Abs?
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I was actually a big fan of Force Spike. I used to play Psychotog with Force Spike, mm-hmm. and I think Blue Green Madness. I was playing Force Spike too. Oh, so that was Force...
1: such a killer deck.
2: Yeah, so Force Bike's definitely a sick card, and it's a good name for a podcast, Force Bike. You uh, guys are winning, for sure.
1: Yeah.
4: Because <laughs> we, yeah. we got Tiger's blood.
2: Yeah. That's right, yeah.
1: we're winning. <laughs> oh, man, those videos are insane. Ah, oh, that's what we'll put up for our, our funny link of the week. We'll put up one of those. The
4: live yeah. stream? Or, or the the winning song?
1: We'll let you pick it, whatever you want. Actually, that I love those auto-tune the news guys, though.
4: Yeah, do yeah. that.
2: Do the winning song. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, awesome. and you guys should, should, should edit in my, uh, my keeping seven land hands part. I was keeping seven land hands, that's how I roll. I was, I was keeping seven land hands, that's how I roll. That's how I roll, is how I roll. I was keeping seven land hands, that's how I roll. It would just make the crowd go wild, you know?
1: Definitely. We got yeah. auto-tunes. That. We need, like, a magic auto-tunes the news. got got auto-tunes that stuff.
4: Yeah, it would be good. Well, they have, they have those metagame videos with that robot voice.
1: Wait, you guys have never seen those? No. Can you uh, link us to it? That sounds cool. Yeah, okay. Cool. All right. Well, uh, we got to wrap up, guys. Um, I really uh, enjoyed the show, and GFabs was awesome having you on. Um,
2: yeah, no, thank you again. It's, uh, it's been great hanging out with you guys and stuff.
1: Check out 3 Jared, Jarrett, uh, Russ, or Greg, any parting words for our listeners?
3: Um, Yeah, I've got a few things real quick, uh, just kind of like points of order. I guess uh, Nationals qualifier for Milwaukee, we've actually got one in Milwaukee this year, um, and actually by uh, Games Universe, which is ironically the uh, website that that will be picking us up likely in the the, um, near future. So they've got a Nationals qualifier, which um, last year we didn't have – any in in the Milwaukee area, and uh, to my knowledge, when we had when when it was regionals before nationals qualifiers, um, they also weren't in Milwaukee. So that's pretty um, pretty cool news for Milwaukee. Um, also, some quick uh, shout outs. Uh, first of all, I want to do. Um, Shout out to the people that have been uh, posting on MTG Cast and on Facebook. Um, we've got uh, Alex and Rob Martin both uh, put some some positive feedback. Um, every once in a while, we'll get an email um, or or some some comments on on Channel Fireball or on on uh, MTG Cast. We highly encourage um, all sorts of constructive feedback, good, bad. Um, anything you've got for us, um, send our way. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. Um, you can get a hold of us on Twitter, uh, Force Spikes, uh, email forcebikes at gmail.com. Um, and then we're we're on Channel Fireball, uh, MTG Cast, and and Facebook. Um, you can kind of just search for Force Spikes um, everywhere except for Channel Fireball. We're actually under the MTG Cast. Um, Author, or we're, we're typically just on the front page when uh, when it gets posted. So uh, those are the the few yeah, few things I wanted to. I
1: have to say we've been getting weird spam like comments. That's very strange on our like comment section and stuff. So
3: it actually, in a, in a weird way, makes me kind of happy because right when we first started, we got we got a, a a little bit of like flame, and then like they actually like, just went away. And the fact that we're we've got that little like um that credibility (laughs) like everybody else on, on all these other sites that gets flamed by people. Um, the comment section, the forums are, are, are typically, um, full of people, um, making comments before they listen to the whole show or listen to the whole, like, um, read the whole article or whatever and just like this little snippet right, oh right, you I said this that, thing at the beginning I'm going to yell at you Right. Yeah, um, it, it's, mm-hmm. a little,
1: it's a little validating but it's also just like kind of weird it's like I mean I totally appreciate feedback and I appreciate hearing criticism you know everyone who's had any criticisms we listen we try to uh, you know adhere to whatever you guys want to hear because this is for you you now I ain't getting paid for this i'm just doing this for the love of the game cuz we want to make it better for you guys so whatever you guys want let us know on the other hand it's like i just have no idea what to make of those like weird spammy like flames that we've been getting on our comment section so you can keep doing it and confusing me if you enjoy that or you could write something <laughs> that actually means something and that might be like more helpful but you know whatever it's free you know it's America, wherever you 're from, freedom of speech, do whatever you want to do, but it might be like a little more constructive to actually write something that like means something and you know expresses thought as language is meant to do, so yeah,
3: on that note i I definitely want to encourage um uh, pretty much everyone who listens to the show if you've got if you've got some feedback um something that you that you you want to comment on, just um even if there's nobody that's commented before you. Um, go, uh, go ahead. That, the first person, I know it's always the hardest to be the first person to comment, but um, once you do, you can actually get some, some pretty solid dialogue. Um, I, I definitely know frequently when I talk to um, a handful of friends, um, Tom and Alexis, you guys I'm going to call you out. <laughs> Whenever I talk to you, you guys have um, really great feedback for me, um, but I, haven't, I don't really see it on, online. So I, I encourage you guys to, um, to everybody to to, to give some feedback in in that way because it just kind of starts the dialogue in a way that is like in, a, in in an open forum, so if there are other people that are listening that that um, agree with you, they can repeat or they can um, they can show some um, like uh, some uh, uh, large support for for any of that particular feedback. So, uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, definitely. We love having conversations with our listeners. So get in touch with us. Let us know what's cracking. And uh, as always, thanks so much for listening to the show, guys. And thanks so much for joining us, Gfabs. we really enjoyed having you.
2: Yeah, awesome. Again, thanks. And uh, yeah, I look forward to hearing you guys more and uh, for this podcast and such. Okay, thanks. see you guys. Thanks,
0: guys. See you guys.
4: Adios.